0: Welcome to .NET Rambles, a weekly podcast where Andy and Rowan discuss all things .NET related. Hey, Ron, how are you doing?
1: Good, good, good. How are you doing, Andy? Monday evening. How's your uh, How's your weekend?
0: Yeah, it's good. Yeah, good weekend. Um, bit horrible weather, actually. Horrible weather. I didn't get out a lot, so did things around the house.
1: Yeah, we were much the same. Sunday was a bit of a washout, wasn't it? A yeah, windy it was washout, horrible,
0: yeah. Yeah, horrible yeah. out there. So. Um, but yeah, so yeah, back to Monday. Start of start of another week, and uh, yeah, we thought we'd get onto another call, have a chat, um, have a chat about algorithms. Algorithms, sure. one of my favourite topics, actually. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. so within really my good. top ten, I'm sure. <laughs> but, <you know. laughs> but no, it's very, it's an interesting subject. There's um, there's, there's a lot to, to it. About, I think that's yeah. what, yeah, that's what gets me is there's a lot. A, a huge amount to it so uh yeah so without fail we'll get into it let's uh let's get into it but yeah we'll start with random facts shall we
1: um, i believe you've got a very random fact for us it? yeah i don't yeah. know where i
0: found this I, I found this the other week and i uh, chucked it in here just so i remembered it but comic sans font actually yep. came makes sense when you think about it It actually came from a, a comic book so oh well how about go. that because yeah. i know it's probably one of the most popular fonts people use on websites and it's yep. obviously very professional yeah, um, absolutely. I it's know, got, got it,
1: it does. It does have that sort of professionally designed look, doesn't it? Anything it designed in uh, does, in a yeah. in a Comic Sans font. Yeah, it is
0: funny. You do you do see people with that. using use it on websites, and people comment on it and stuff. But but yeah, so yeah, it came from. Um, uh, yeah, what was it? Um, yeah, you steer away from Music Comic Sans in formal documents because it doesn't look professional. But the font was designed by Vincent Connor Conair? Connor uh who drew direct inspirations from his favorite comic books including yeah. alan moore and dave Gibbon, gibbons celebrated Watchmen series so ah, right interesting go. so yeah. yeah
1: it really uh, really was inspired by by uh by comic book uh yeah. scripting yeah quite like that that's cool yeah.
0: So, interesting yeah anyway right so on to the algorithms part of uh, part of our chat so Okay, I'll let you. I'll let you introduce it and tell us a little bit about it.
1: Yeah, well, I, I think it's really important that we talk through algorithms because uh, algorithms really have enabled technology to move along at the rate and the, 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 that it has in the, in the past, you know, five to ten years, um, and we've seen some massive leaps forward in terms of what we're able to achieve uh, with our systems these days and that's largely because of because of the impact that efficient algorithms have played Um, obviously over the you know over the the past period tech hardware has improved and computers have gotten a lot faster and they've gotten a lot smaller Mm -hmm. um, and we can fit a lot more computing power into smaller devices you know the power that we walk around with in our pockets in our phones these days um, is is just mind-blowing if we had a you know if we had a said look you'd be walking around with a with a device that's got a quad core processor on it and uh you know and 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 gigabytes of ram 15 years ago people yeah. would have said you're crazy but you know yeah. that's the, that's where we are with from a hardware point of view mm-hmm. um so there's no doubt that hardware's come along in leaps and, leaps and bounds but i think it's really important to understand the software side of it which is really where the algorithm uh part of it comes in um because as we've progressed through time and our hardware has gotten uh, more powerful, we now produce loads more data than we ever have before. And our software um, and our systems are having to process uh, so much more data than we ever have had before. Um, and it's really down to the way that we're able to process that data um, that has meant that we can make such leaps and bounds forward in 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 our systems um so if we think about uh the fact that we've you know we've now got really really high high spec hardware uh, we've even got supercomputers these days um it's it's worthwhile understanding that even a really poor performing algorithm running on a supercomputer is potentially going to be less performant than that same, uh, you know, that same process, but running with a with a really efficient algorithm running on some run of the mill hardware.
0: So, so even if you throw big big hardware at something, it's actually not going to make it usable or, or quick. So, you, you know, if you get if you get that wrong, it, it doesn't matter what you put it on.
1: Yeah, exactly, mm. exactly. Okay. So it, it okay. really does come back to the algorithms that we use to process, you know, to, you know, to run our systems. Yeah. Um, there's only so far that hardware can, can take us in terms of uh, software and, and mm. system performance. So okay. that's where algorithms and, and really algorithms and data structures really make a massive difference in, in computer engineering and, and software development um, because without efficient algorithms, we wouldn't be where we are today in terms of our digital capability. Cool. So um, that's why it's really important. It's really quite exciting mm. um, to to talk through this stuff um, and sort of get to grips with it and understand it. Um, so uh, yeah, so let's let's talk about algorithms. Okay, yeah. so
0: so when we talk about algorithms, we're not talking about things like you know the algorithms you think about, like A plus B equals C, not not mathematical algorithms, stuff like that. This this is all-encompassing algorithms, is it? It's it's more um, around programming and stuff like that, I guess.
1: Yeah, I th- I think so. In this context, in a, mm-hmm. in a in a software engineering or software development context, we're talking about the set of steps that you use, or the set of sort of well defined instructions that you use to solve a particular task or a computational problem.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so more like yeah, like like, like just like normal day to day things, like you know how you would tell somebody how to do something when you're explaining something. Same yeah. way you, you explain to to me, you know how I would get somewhere, directions or something, or mm-hmm. how you make something. You, you give a computer instructions about how to do something
1: exactly yeah step yeah, by cool. step a, a set of repeatable steps to 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 do a particular task exactly okay exactly that yeah
0: all right nice
1: exactly um and and as as we mentioned those steps in in this computer uh, engineering the software engineering context they really go hand in hand with the data structures that we use in our in our programs so it's probably worthwhile touching on. On the data structures part first and then we can yeah. sort of circle back and and think about how how we might use those in terms of algorithms
0: yeah because probably obviously most developers are going to understand data types aren't they it's, it's your bread and butter it's what you use all the time so yeah. this, this yeah. shouldn't be unusual to people okay
1: yeah exactly so it's 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 probably worthwhile starting right right at the at the beginning and yeah. and thinking about the the simplest sort of forms of data that we can use in our in our programs um and they're the the data structures that we refer to as the primitive data types so they tend to be in c sharp they tend to be our value types So like booleans your, your number types your bytes your in long float decimal um they're they're sort of the the, the, well, as the name suggests, they're the they're the fundamental building blocks yeah. of data in our programs. Okay. Um, we've also got some simple reference types in the way of strings and arrays, um, but fundamentally, those primitive and those simple reference types are the building blocks for our programs. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we're thinking about building programs we could uh, if we wanted to and, and and we did back you know back in the in, in the very beginning of time we did just use those simple primitive types to build our programs um, but I think we quickly quickly realized that in order to uh, solve similar types of tasks over and over and over we were reinventing the wheel over and over and over yeah, right. um, and it was very difficult to bundle up uh s- you know reusable pieces of uh uh, reusable steps if you like um so that gave way to different styles of programming um so object-oriented programming which we which we all know and love Mm -hmm. um you know functional programming is another style of programming that's that's very popular at the moment and and structured programming as well okay um and in object-oriented programming um we have the idea of classes uh and a class will ideally bundle up some data and then provide some operations around that data um, or largely a class so i think if you talk to people like uncle bob not that i've talked to him directly but if you listen to him (laughs) talk um, he he talks about a class as just a set of behavior so you don't necessarily think about the data you think about you think about it doing something some behavior Um, but the point is in in object-oriented programming, uh, we've now got the ability to bundle up some behavior, um, maybe with some data alongside it, um, so that we've got a a reusable set of functionality, essentially, that we can use over and over and over and over again, which is brilliant. Um, And you don't necessarily need to or you don't need to know how that behavior works under the covers in order to be able to, 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 to use that functionality. So therefore, object-oriented programming and some of the other styles of programming give way to being able to bundle up nice uh, data structures with operations um, around them um, and you know allow us to 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 reuse those those more slightly more complex data structures Mm -hmm. so now all of a sudden that gives way to uh, things like lists and queues and stacks Mm -hmm. and um, dictionaries and all of those sort of slightly more complex data types that we as developers use day to day and each of those data types has got its own particular profile and it, and its own strengths um, mm-hmm. and it, its own sort of sweet spot in terms of you know what it's used for yeah. um, and mm-hmm. we can start talking about some of those you know in, in a bit but yeah. um, each yeah. of those operations has a has 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 a nice efficient algorithm sort of working working under the covers there yeah yeah
0: so, Interesting. Yeah. So with these sorts of things, of course, I mean, when you started, when I started, of course, all we, all we had were the, the primitive types. You know, we, we used to build on those. We used to take those as our building blocks and we built them up. And, yeah. you know, I remember when I first started, everything was in an array. We, we used arrays for everything. So, of course, you, you had an array, you defined it, you had to then, you know, create a new array, put everything into it. And, and you had to keep remembering to do all of that sort of thing. So, yeah, as you it, obviously with frameworks and things like that nowadays, we're, we're given these tools and they've um, added them that functionality already so we can just then build on top of it so. yeah yeah Great. absolutely
1: okay. absolutely and depending on what what it is we're doing we've now got data structures um that are optimized for particular you know for particular operations which is brilliant um and you know to to use one of those sayings that we we keep rolling out uh, we're able to stay we're able to stand on the shoulders you know it's, shoulders it's, of giants yeah. because you know there's there's really smart people have spent a lot of time yeah. developing these particular data structures that are that, that are really strong for particular operations, and we don't necessarily need to uh, implement those algorithms or those data structures ourselves. We yeah, just it's just it's
0: an unneeded time waste, isn't it? You know, if somebody's done it and they've done it well and it's been well tested, it's it's been you know used to death. We know it's good. We we can then just get on and use it for the the task at hand. Yeah. Absolutely, Perfect. absolutely. Okay. So that uh,
1: that that sort of that sort of sets the scene with regards to data structures, and I guess we can come back to to talking about some examples of of some of these more complex data structures, um, and some of those specific operations that that those data structures are really good at. Hmm. Um, but at this point, it's probably also worthwhile talking about. The, the the language that we use to describe uh, the performance of an algorithm, yeah. um, and that is largely uh, the, the the sort of the, the language of time complexity or, or or a thing called time complexity. So yeah. so when we're talking about how a how a an algorithm behaves with regards to its input, we talk about its time complexity because um, yeah. if you think about uh, an algorithm that you know might deal with a, a, a collection as input um mm-hmm. quite often you need to know h- how that algorithm is going to behave as that collection changes size or you know or more typically how that collection grows mm-hmm. um you know so if, if you've got an algorithm that deals with 10 items yeah. that's great but if you then all of a sudden increase that input size to 10 million items yeah. you want to know how that algorithm is going going to going to going to change
0: yeah, um, so, to, so time complexity, we, we're literally talking about how long it takes to execute. The, the execution time is could, can be proportional to what you're giving it. So the amount of data you're putting into it can have an impact. Yeah, Sometimes. exactly.
1: Yeah, or, or more specifically, how the, how the performance or how that execution mm. change times uh, – sorry, how that execution time changes relative to the input size yeah, right. of the algorithm. Right. Yeah. Well put, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, so that there's there's a few um, there's a few ways of de- describing time time complexity, um, and I guess the, the most common way is big O notation, um, big o, which I yeah. think yeah I think we've come sort of come that. across before, mm, yeah. um, and that tends to talk about uh time complexity with regards to the size of the input so mm-hmm. it might be worthwhile us just running through a few of the the sort of the the more well-known yeah. uh, big o sort of checkpoints if sure. you like
0: yeah definitely um, it's the sort of thing it's quite a common thing in interview uh processes as well they, they, it is isn't know, it yeah. they'll pull out you know big o notation and try and get you to explain what's what so yeah i always yeah. forget what's what and uh, yeah. Obviously, we looked at it a little bit for this chat, but yeah, she's like you say, she sort of go through these things and, and talk about it. The sort of the simplest to the most complex, or or the yeah the the constant to the you know, exponential, quadratic, yeah, to the exponential terms, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, okay. exactly. Cool. So,
1: so let's start at constant then. So what is yeah. yeah? So so constant time. So if you were to describe an algorithm as um, as as performing or as having a, t- a time complexity of, of constant time, yeah. what does that actually mean? Mm-hmm. Um, how would you write that? Well, you'd write that, it's a bit hard when we're just talking about it, but you'd write it with a big O and then mm-hmm. a one in brackets, um, yeah. which would indicate that, that this particular operation or this algorithm behaves in constant time. And what that means is that it's it's it, it will perform in the same time no matter what size... Uh, the input is to, to the algorithm. Mm-hmm. So it's always going to behave in the same time. And yeah. a really good example of something that behaves in constant time is plucking an item from an array using its its index.
0: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So you can go straight to it. You can get it out. doesn't matter how much is in there. You, you've always got to do the same thing to get to the, the item you want. So
1: exactly. Exactly, constant, and constant and so yep. exactly, exactly, and so this is an example of the data structure providing um, an operation that behaves in uh, you know in constant time, which is which is the best you could possibly hope for, okay. <laughs> um, because if we think about an array, um, plucking an item out of an array is going to Take the same time, uh, no matter whether that array's got ten items in it or whether it's got hundred million items in it. It's always yeah. gonna it's always yeah. gonna be, be constant time. Yeah. So
0: that's what you're always aiming for constant time because it's a known quantity. Then, but it, it, not easy. It's
1: yeah, it's it's it's, it's near impossible with mm-hmm. you know with some of the more um, sophisticated algorithms. Sure. Um, Constant time is, is the best you could possibly hope for, um, Mm. but, but near impossible to achieve, I think, uh, for, for a lot of things, um, that I guess, moves us on to sort of the next well-known checkpoint, which is, um, which is known as log N. Um, so what, what log N means is the time complexity is, uh, is, is logarithmic relative to the input. To, mm-hmm. to to the size of the input which means it's a lot smaller um, uh, you know almost constant time relative to the relative to the input size and when we're talking about um you know desirable sort of performance characteristics it's really log n that's the holy grail of of uh, of algorithms mm-hmm. um and for those mathematically minded among us um log The the logarithmic um, operation uh, on a a number is is virtually the inverse of of an exponent. (laughs) So instead of something growing and increasing, um, you know, as as the number increases, log in sort of the the, the growth slows over time. It's hard to explain.
0: Yeah, no, no. So the the number of elements you put into it, it doesn't it doesn't shoot up basically so as you go across it's yes yeah, it's, it's a much narrower angle yeah. rather than being a, a sharp angle going up so rather think. yeah
1: rather than increasing over time it de- the, the the growth decreases over time if yeah. you see what i mean okay. um, I, I mean it still grows but that that growth decreases yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah so log login is um is sort of is the holy grail of of any algorithm really um obviously if you could get constant time that'd be great but you know if you're having to do stuff you know um login is going to be the 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 thing that is you know is the most desirable really good example of a log log um a login based algorithm is a binary search okay. so yeah um and it's largely those algorithms that divide the input up and conquer so you know divide mm. and conquer algorithms are um, yeah nice. are really really good examples yeah
0: no interesting we yeah this this was an interesting one that came up when we were discussing this the other day this was a good one that came up we we, we looked at uh, an example of, of searching a thousand items yeah and uh, i remember we, we talked about it we got a bit confused over it and these are these are confusing things sometimes you, you know to get your head around which is why you want to use libraries that are already there because yeah. you know, all that work's been done for you. You don't need to think about this You're stuff. Not You're not reinventing just, it each yeah, time. Yeah, You've just yeah. got to come up with the best thing to use to actually fin- you know get, solve the problem you've got. So yeah, yeah, we looked at this thing, didn't we? We had a thousand items. Yeah. And um, to find a specific item, we need to do a thousand operations because you've got to compare a property in each item. Yeah, uh, But then we wanted to work out, based on that, if we're using a binary search, Yeah, uh, h- how, many, how many searches are we going to have to do? Yeah. So we 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 sat there and went through it, and basically we said, you know, I need to find the log base two because it's a binary split. It's base two. Yeah. Um, of, of a thousand basically, and we, we worked that out to be nine point nine six. So it's 10, 10 operations. Yeah. To actually find the item we're interested in, because we've it down, we'd have to do ten. But but the great thing about that, what I didn't realize at the time when we were talking about that, is when you scale that up. Yes. We then looked at it and went right. We've got a thousand items, and it's yeah. it's ten searches. Okay. What if we've got a million? well yeah. actually it, it's only 20 so not much more yeah not, I, more, no. I, I, and then, I, yeah
1: yeah and and that's the beauty of yeah. log n is mm-hmm. as the input size increases the yeah. growth uh sort of th- the rate of growth decreases with yeah. you know with a logarithm. yeah
0: because yeah. even then hitting a billion <laughs> it's still only 30 searches so yeah. it, it's yeah. a massive reduction it is, you know it? it's it's really impressive that it does that so yeah this this one is it, i I found this one quite interesting to to read about and and learn a bit more about because again you take it for granted a bit that you just use these binary search algorithms. Yeah. You just chuck it some data and say, find me this record. And it, it goes and deals with it. And it's, you know, it's fairly simple under the hood with what it's doing. Um yep. now the algorithm's have been worked out and somebody's written it, it's it's great. So yeah, these are these are really clever. So that's it's incredible, what, isn't it? Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I like that. Some
1: of some of these algorithms have been around for a long time as well. Some of these I mean some of these some of these really well known algorithms have been around for hundreds of years. Mm, uh, which is which is really impressive. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, some of them have have been you know were discovered in the early 50s and 60s some mm. of them are still yet to be discovered you know there are still <laughs> there are still algorithms um that are that are known to be uh you know known to be okay but mm. there are still people um academics you know in particular yeah, looking yeah. to uh to, to to come up with better versions of them so well, it's,
0: that's the thing isn't it i mean like you said a few years ago the processing power wasn't there but so in a similar way the data wasn't there either you know we'd yeah. be searching tens of thousands or maybe a million records it, it wasn't common to, to search much more than that you didn't have yeah. that much data but yeah now we're talking about 1000000000s And actually yeah. and actually that that algorithm that was really quick a few years ago actually it, it can't cut it nowadays yeah. It, it, yeah we've got to find something better so, yeah yeah, yeah Absolutely. Interesting. Absolutely. okay cool so that's so uh, that's login
1: so that's login so so then we move from login to uh, to a linear profile and and this is this is just quite simply uh, it's known as as you know a big O and then n in brackets, meaning yeah. as the size of the input increases, then the performance profile increases in a linear uh, with a linear profile relative to that relative okay. to that uh, relative to that input. So if you were to if you were to graph that, where we talked about the log n profile doing a, a sort of an upside down curve. Mm-hmm. A linear profile would just be a straight line, yeah, um, and right. we'll reference we'll reference a site that gives quite a good um, a good good graph of this actually, because yeah, uh, be it's useful. quite useful to um, mm. useful to visualise this stuff. But okay. it's a, it's it's you know it's a linear growth, and that is relative to the
0: to the input. Um, so, so when you say linear growth, so an example we had of that is if you are going over a collection, yeah, the more you put in the collection, yeah, you, you, your times you, you've still got to go through that whole collection. So, if it's a collection of one hundred. Yeah, it's a hundred things to go through. If it's two hundred, yeah. it's two hundred thousand, a million. Exactly. it's still the same.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And and the operation that you're performing on each one of those items in the collection needs to be performed on each one, yes. each item in the collection. Therefore, the performance profile will grow relative to the size. Yeah. You know, as as, as you increase okay. it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, good. Good. So so that's linear, um, yeah. and you, you know this is this is. You know, a, a linear performing algorithm is still, I guess, acceptable. Um, it'd be better if you could, if you could find a log n implementation mm-hmm. of that. But you know, a, a yeah. linear performing algorithm is is, is going to be acceptable in some in some yeah. circumstances okay. for some for some algorithms. Um, uh, and and then I guess moving on from there, the next one is an n log n uh, performance profile, um, and it's it's written exactly like that. You know, as in as in big O and then in Mm -hmm. brackets N log N. And what that basically means is for each N you're performing a log N operation. Um, if that makes sense. Um, so that's, that's going to be, it's, it's going to be slightly talking about how that would look in a, in a graph that the line's going to be slightly, slightly steeper than your linear line. Mm -hmm. Um, but not a not a great deal, okay, yeah. uh, okay. because for each essentially, if you if you're talking about talking about that collection input for each item, you're doing an, a login operation, basically.
0: Yeah. Right. If okay. Okay. I think so. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, and then once you move on from there, you're starting to sort of get into into undesirable territory where you where you're looking at uh, quadratic mm-hmm. um, performance profiles, and and then moving off to cubic, and then exponential. Um, wow. where right. the performance time is going to grow sort of, you know, at a, it, with a curve that sort of the curves upward up. more yeah. steeply.
0: Okay. <laughs> um, I, I noticed with the quadratic one, I think we put an example there of a bubble sort. Bubble sort, exactly, was, was yeah. yeah. And it, it's funny because I remember when I first started coding, the bubble sort was the thing I always wrote to, to sort data. Right. And, of course, now realizing it, it's the worst one ever. yeah
1: yeah well if you think if you think about how a bubble sort's uh, implemented Mm -hmm. so you iterate through each item in the collection and then for each item you then iterate through the whole collection again uh to compare that item with every other item in the collection don't you so um, if you think about you know uh, an input of of 10 items fine you know that's going to perform really quickly go up to 100 fine but you know as you go up to ten thousand or You know, hundred thousand. Mm. The time complexity is going to increase at a at, at, at an increasing rate. If yeah. you uh, you know, if you Absolutely. if you catch a drift. So yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah great. Okay. Nice. Um, yeah. So interesting. So that that's that's sort of big O notation, and mm. it, it, it it is hard to sort of talk through this without having any sort of visual aid. But I guess we can yeah. put in um, we can put in a link to a really good um, a, a really good resource, uh, which is basically a big O complexity chart and a cheat mm-hmm. sheet um, that that sort of sticks all of these um, yeah. all of these profiles on a graph so you can actually see them visually uh, to see how the performance would change over time based on the input.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we'll get that out there. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, brilliant. So um so, so, so that covers off time complexity. So if we now circle back to talk about some of those uh, data structures that we're referring to to, be, to begin yeah. with, mm-hmm. um, and we can think about some of the data structures that are available to us in .NET and you know, in any, any development stack really these days, um, and think about the operations that might be you know, or, or the types of things that you might want to do with those specific types of, um, you know, types of data structures. So mm-hmm. if we, you know, on, on this collection uh, idea, if we, if we start thinking about some of the collection data types that we've got in available, available in .NET, we've got things like bags and lists. Um, you know, if we take a simple list, how does a list differ from an array? Well, a list is basically an array that sort of resizes as you add stuff to it, isn't it?
0: it yeah, um, Absolutely.
1: And so the data structure is built to allow you to do exactly that. So you can, you can stuff as many items as you like into your array until you, Mm -hmm. you know, until your machine keels over Um, and that array will always resize as you're adding more and more, more and more data in. And I think the implementation under the hood uh, sort of resizes, resizes an array uh, in blocks. Um, so yeah. it doesn't it doesn't resize the array each time yeah. you add a new item in it will sort of add a block of, of extra space yeah um, okay. so that's a really simple example of a of a you know a more complex data structure that's uh in, that does one thing really really well and that's mm-hmm. you know that, that deals with collections of, of varying sizes um, we've got things like linked lists um, that allow mm-hmm. you to sort of Traverse, you know, back and forth through a list really quickly, where each item is linked okay. to either, you know, the, the next one or the previous one. If you're and, talking about, simply. and again, I'm
0: guessing that's built on top of something else that probably uh something like an array.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, it could could be implemented with an array, or you could you could implement it with a, with a simple class with with mm. a simple pointer, you know, to your next yeah, or your previous. Right. Yeah. Um, but that's an example of a data structure that's built for a particular, you know, a particular operation. And that is, you know, going backwards and forwards really yeah. quickly. Okay. Um, then we can start to think about things like queues. So, you know, we've got we've got a queue data type in .NET um, and that's a FIFO queue, isn't it? So, you know, your first in last out. So the first item you put in will be the, the you know, will be the, the next one that comes out. And the data structure yeah. under the covers is okay. is built to allow you to do that really quickly. Um and allows you to pull out that next item in the queue really quickly. Okay, um, yeah, and we've also got stacks, which is sort of the inverse of a queue, uh, which is a you know the, a last in first out queue, right. um, and that's optimised to allow you to you know stuff stuff into your stack and then pull an item from that stack. Uh, which will be the, you know, the last thing that you put in. Uh, Um,
0: right. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, use different use case. So nice.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. And then, you know, on that theme of queues, we've got things like priority queues. So a priority queue is a data structure that allows you to sort on a particular, um, Mm -hmm. a a particular aspect of the data that you're putting in, I guess, um, and makes the, makes the, uh, the, the read operation really quick um so it makes okay. it you know a constant time read operation which basically <laughs> means data is sorted as it's inserted so um yeah. that's an example of a really uh, you know data structure that's that's optimized for um you know for for, for pulling out sorted data really quickly yeah. um, that can be used in you know in various sort of situations where you might need that
0: yeah. Okay. Um,
1: yeah. So, so I guess the point is we've got lots of uh, you know fairly complex data structures available to us that have got um, uh, you know highly optimized operations built into them, uh, depending on 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 what you need to do. Um, okay. Then we can start looking at trees. You know, things like binary trees um, yeah. will allow you to um, store data really efficiently and, and then retrieve data really quickly, hopefully in in log n time. Mm-hmm. Um, We've also got graphs, um, you know, whether that be directed or undirected graphs, um, and you know, weighted or unweighted graphs. And mm-hmm. then uh, we've, you know, potentially got algorithms around traversing graphs and finding stuff in graphs. So you know, like breadth first search and depth first searches um, are, uh, you know, and there's a whole world of graph algorithms as well um, that are that are really interesting to get into. Um, yeah. And then, even something as simple as a dictionary. So, you know, the humble dictionary in uh, in .dot net is sort of the you know it's, it's the workhorse of the developer, isn't it? You know, along along with the yeah. list, yeah. Um, and it's it's a data structure that's designed to be able to get any item out by a key in mm-hmm. constant time. Uh, which, if you think about it, is 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 quite incredible, really. Um, yeah. So, if we just sort of dwell on that for a, for a minute or so, um, it's I think it's I think it's incredible that we've got a data structure um, that allows us to store stuff with a key, yeah. and that key can be any data type. I was going to string, say, yeah, d- non- a,
0: yeah, yeah. A lot of the time, it's a in or a string, but actually, could be anything, couldn't it?
1: Could be anything. Could be you know one of your custom classes, yeah. um, and you can retrieve items out of that dictionary using your key in constant time, no matter how big your wow. dictionary is. Um, okay. and a lot of that comes back to the, uh, to, to the use of an array under the, under the hood yeah. and plucking stuff out using the index of that array. But then you sort of think to yourself, okay, well, how do you get from a key to an index? And that's where uh, the hash part of hash map comes in.
0: Right. So, um, so a dictionary, so for people that aren't aware of that. So dictionary can also be a hash defined as a hash map.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So hash maps okay. is just another name for a dictionary. Yeah, yeah cool. exactly. Or, or dictionary is another, is the .NET name for, for, yeah, for the hash so map. That's data what structure. they
0: called it. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah okay. Exactly.
1: Cool. Um, and so that's where the, that's where the hashing algorithm comes in. So a hashing al- algorithm is run over your key to produce an index. Uh, or to produce a number, basically an int, which represents the index that your item lives in the underlying array. So, um, uh, okay. and that that allows you to be able to retrieve stuff from your dictionary in constant time.
0: Okay. Now, trouble as soon as you say something like hashing, you go, well, uh, "Hang on, surely that can you can get a clash if you're trying to store the same same data." Uh, how does it deal with that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. That's the that's the okay.
0: yeah the, so it the does next. have that problem it, it, you,
1: it, it does, does. absolutely okay. yeah so there's 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 no there's no way of of uniquely hashing um you know any key that that could be stored in a dictionary so in actual fact the underlying array doesn't just store individual items it stores small collections of items um, and then there's um, you know each each implementation has got its own um, uh, like hashing clash. Uh, resolution built into it so wow, right. um yeah so 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 the hashing algorithm will give you an uh, uh, an index into the array and mm-hmm. then your item will be retrieved potentially alongside other items and then you know a particular a, a particular um clash resolution algorithm mm-hmm. will run to to, to work on how to how to then get your um, your item out so right. it's not it's not, you know, hundred percent constant time. It's constant True. time plus a tiny bit of, you but, know, yeah. um, clash resolution. But okay, um, I'm, still I'm glad, still
0: I'm glad really that that's already been put in there, though. And it's not something you have to build because yeah, exactly. That sounds like a lot of work.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. But like we like we keep saying, these data structures have been developed over time by really smart people and been <laughs> tested um, and been optimised, and and we can just use them as developers. Yes, you know, they're, they're you don't even think
0: about it, do you? you? You use a dictionary, like you say, you use that all day, every day, or a list or whatever. You don't even think about it. You just it works. It does yeah. what it's meant to do. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. But yeah. the brilliant thing is um, that you know dictionaries. I, I still find it incredible that we can, that we've got this this, mm. this really cool data structure. Yep. that we can fill up with as much stuff as we want. And whenever we pull stuff out of it using the key, it's always it's going to be constant there, time. Isn't it? It's brilliant. Yep. Nice, nice.
0: Okay, yeah. so so I suppose my takeaway from that is that, you know, try and find the right data type for the thing you're doing. So yeah. each each data type generally, you know, they're, they're, I, I suppose for me, I'm going to say 99% of the time I'm using dictionaries and lists. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's what I use. Um, but, you know, depending on, what you're trying to do, there might be a better data type available that yeah. can give you better performance.
1: Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it really does, like you say, it really does depend on what you're doing. If you're dealing with um, you know with small inputs, relatively small inputs, you know, the the you know a simple list in a dictionary is gonna is gonna do do a do a great job. But it really does depend on, on what you're doing. If you're trying to build a um, a bleeding edge product for you know, for, for a startup or you work for Amazon or Google or Microsoft or something like that, um, and you're dealing with massive inputs, um, mm. then, you know, th- then this stuff really matters. Yeah. Um, if, you, if you're doing some simple crud, you know, run-of-the-mill sort of applications that, that have relatively small inputs, then, you know, this stuff doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, okay. But either way, it's worthwhile understanding this stuff and understanding, like you say, mm-hmm. understanding these data structures and... Um, and understanding which data structures are good at at what really. Um, so yeah. when the time does come for you to to process something that sure. where performance matters and where uh, where you're potentially dealing with a with a larger input, then you're going to choose the right tool for the job. Basically, yeah. Yeah, um, and there's lots of resources available on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, you found quite a useful one actually on this on the on the same page that I was referring to um, that sort of graphed out the um, the, the 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 big O uh, checkpoints. Um, there's quite a nice graph that we're, or or table that we're looking at that lists out all of those common data structures that we just ran through, um, and talks about their performance characteristics with regards to, um, the different operations that you can perform on them. So, you know, for example you know you can see that an array has got an access profile of constant time uh whereas a search through an array is going to be a linear time uh insertion is going to be potentially linear depending if you if you're iterating through everything um and deletion and so on yeah and so it lists out you know what are the 10 or 15 um, data structures there with it does, it? with all mm-hmm. the different um, performance characteristics. So there's loads. Yeah, there's loads of resources available, um, and it's yeah. worthwhile worthwhile just sort of having a read through and getting getting a sense of what data structures are good for what what yeah. operations. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Okay.
0: No, nice. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah we'll try and link to that and yeah, like you say, you can search around for it in Big O data structure operations, something like that, and you should be able to find it. So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. Okay. Yeah. So so all right, So moving on, we've got. Uh, the next bit we're going to talk about some key algorithms to sort of look at or think about. Um, yeah. And just sort of talk through those really. Yeah. What their time complexity is and what, you know, when you use them and, and bits and both like that. So yeah. Okay. Let's get into that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So a simple place to start, I guess is sorting. Um, and you mentioned the bubble sort algorithm. Um, <laughs> My so go-to. What, yeah. You go, the go-to, uh, <laughs> the go-to sorting algorithm. So what's, what sort of time complexity is a, uh, is a bubble sort then? Based on, on, on what we've just what we just talked through, not not a, a good one, <laughs> not a good one. <laughs> quadratic, quadratic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good example. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it's a it's a nice little exercise and easy to think through. And mm-hmm. um, if you're learning programming, it's a good way to you know it's it's a nice little exercise to go through as a yeah. as a brute force type of algorithm. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of an efficient algorithm, it's it's not the best <laughs> sorting algorithm out there. That's for sure. No. Um, things like merge sort or even quick sort are the, are the recognized um, algorithms mm-hmm. for sorting. So, merge sort, I believe, was created in 1945. <laughs> that's why I didn't incredible. use it. Yeah, yeah, that's why I didn't use
0: it. It wasn't around when I started programming. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs>
1: it's too new for you. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. So, merge sort's an n log n um, uh, time complexity. Uh, it was created by a guy called John Van Neumann in 1945. Um, and it's you know it's much more efficient than a quadratic uh, than the quadratic bubble sort. Um, but I guess the the thing to note about a merge sort is it doesn't mutate the existing your existing mm. input. It actually creates another array alongside your input right. and uses that to sort of sift no. stuff off into. So, so
0: he cheats, basically. He cheats. He cheats, That's doesn't it. he? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Very good. No, no. But uh, I suppose one thing to take out of that is yeah, if it's going to use another array, obviously it's going to be a bit more. Uh, memory hungry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, to watch. I think that's the thing to note. And there's, there's, yeah. the, there's, the, there may also be some performance impact in just simply mm-hmm. the act of shifting stuff from one array to another. Yeah. Um, right. So that, I guess, leads us on to the, the other. Uh, sorting algorithm that that i mentioned which is the quick sort algorithm Mm -hmm. which is also generally an n log n um performance profile time complexity um but it it can be actually quadratic in its worst case depending on how the data is initially partitioned Mm -hmm. um so that's probably the downside of quick sort but the, the the one of the, one of the key differences with quicksort is that it uses an in place sorting algorithm. So it mutates yeah. your your array as it's, as it's going through. Um, and I think quicksort is generally recognized as, a, as being superior to, to merge sort. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe it's the, it's the default sort in.net. So if you're um, using your I numeral extensions and you say, you know, mm-hmm. order by, um, then .NET will use a, a quick sort. I, I, yeah,
0: I was always impressed with something they call quick sort. You sort of do, you know. He was really taking a chance there, wasn't he? Calling it a quick sort because yeah. next person along would have had to call it a quicker sort. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. You yeah. know, but obviously it's worked well for him, and uh, yeah. it's it's still there, and it's still a quick sort compared it, to the others. So
1: it is. It is like still it. pretty quick. Yeah, developed by um, created by Tony Hoare in 1960. So these algorithms wow. have been around for a long time, and but
0: it's, it's amazing that there's not a better, better. one. What's, yeah, yeah you know, exactly. That's it. Back and back yeah. then, you know, he didn't have the computers we have nowadays, and he didn't have the programming languages we have nowadays. It's 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 phenomenal that these things have lasted that long.
1: Yeah, yeah, you exactly. Know, it's incredible. It's like isn't
0: 60, it? 60 odd years, and it's, yeah. it's still. Still
1: being used, still, still the go-to sorting yeah. algorithm, and even data structures like we mentioned before, things like priority queues will use a sorting algorithm to mm-hmm. sort the data on insert to make it really quick for you to yeah. to pull the next, you know, the, the next item that is that is already sorted mm. uh, uh, in your queue. So, yeah, yeah interesting. Um, you even did um, yeah uh, some s- <laughs> looked at some interesting numbers just just looking at bubble sort, insertion sort, merge sort, and quick mm. sort. Um, and looked at just a profile that took, what was an input of about 50,000?
0: 50, 50,000, that's right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was just a little example uh, that was on uh, I, I was sort of searching around for some figures and, and some ideas on these things, and um, yeah, it was just a, an example of putting 50,000 into each type of sort. So this did a, a bubble sort, an insertion sort, which was one we haven't mentioned up there, but a merge sort and a quick sort. And yeah. uh, obviously then it just it, it gave you four out, well, four out, four bits of information, the length of it, the number of comparisons that are done, the number of swaps that are done, and how long in seconds it took to do. And it's phenomenal, really. Looking at the bubble sort, it took 80 seconds to sort 50,000 items, um, which in its own is a huge amount of time. But the the thing that really got me was the number of comparisons it had to do and the number of swaps. And when you suddenly see it like that with the figures, you sort of realize and go, wow, that's that's had to do a lot of comparisons and a lot of swaps to get it in order. No wonder it took some time yeah you know and going from the, the you know bubble sort we've said that it's not the best one in the world going straight down to the quick sort same number of items 50000 but it, in time wise it took 0.03 seconds you know which is it's it's 80 seconds quicker basically yeah it's, it's just it took no doing. time yeah. um you know and when you then look at actually the reason it took no time is because it did what was it on the swaps it did five hundred eleven thousand swaps
1: five hundred eleven as opposed to um, oh jeez i can't even count, read count that numbers, numbers. too Which many really ones 6.2 <laughs>
0: 6. billion no yeah. not in that 62 billion
1: 62
0: 23... billion i think it is 626 million <laughs> there you go. is it yeah some, I, think... I mean it's it, phenomenal isn't it, it is. and this that's it
1: th- and and this this just really gets to the point of what what we're hoping to get across and yeah. that is that algorithms really matter yeah um and it's and and it and this stuff is really important you know yeah. if we want to if we want to continue to make strides forward in mm. tech then it's going to come back to the algorithms that we use
0: yeah, absolutely uh, i mean you can see it there can't you it's if yeah. you know you switch from a bubble sort to a quick sort suddenly you've shaved a minute and 20 seconds off your you know, you're, you sort or you're displaying yeah. some data. It's phenomenal.
1: And that's the yeah. same hardware, the same input, mm, you know, yeah. all that's changed is the way that we're sorting, you know, that yeah. algorithm, yeah. that it's set a of good, steps. It's it's yeah.
0: It is easy. a really good example of, of where, yeah, having an efficient algorithm. Can yeah. Really, really make a difference. So, yeah, no, yeah fantastic. Brilliant. Okay, brilliant. cool. So that sort of gives us the sorting ones, doesn't it? We'll, we'll jump quickly onto searching. I think yes, yeah, to searching. We?
1: Searching is another area. Yeah, um, we've we've already talked about binary search, and binary search as an algorithm is a is is one of those really good examples that is that hits the holy grail of of a login. Um, you know, a, a proper divide and conquer algorithm um, that achieves a login. Um, time complexity um and i guess you could you, you can contrast that to something like a sequential search which would be a, a, a linear time complexity where you would essentially go through each item that you that you're you know in, in your input um, so you'd have to touch every item in your input um, and then you can start to look at some of the data structures uh that that support searching so you know things like binary search trees and balance search trees and red black mm-hmm. Know, binary search trees um, which will all offer login operations right. um, so it's so it's, it's worthwhile just sort of having a look through those data structures and understanding what yeah. they're what they're good for yeah, and what they're not um, it's, it's worthwhile noting that a binary search will only work though if the data is sorted
0: <laughs> um, yeah yeah So so, combine that with a quick sort routine,
1: With a a, a quick sorting algorithm Mm -hmm. and you'll be able to to, to search your data pretty quickly. But yeah, binary search doesn't work if the data is not sorted. Yeah, right. Right. So that's, yeah, that's searching that, you know, there are also other other areas, graphs we touched on Mm -hmm. briefly before, but we've got things like um, depth first searches in graphs. Mm -hmm. um, And you might use a depth first search for things like finding your way through a maze. So if you can represent your maze as a graph, as a, as a connected mm-hmm. graph, um, and you wanna use, uh, you know, create an algorithm that finds its way through the maze to the end, then you'd use something like a depth first search, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, contrasted against a breadth first search, um, which are used for um, potentially use used for things like shortest path algorithms. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing about depth-first and mm. breadth-first searches is their implementation changes only in the data structure that you use. So the code right. remains the same. You just switch one data structure, you know, fr- from one data structure to another. So you, so in a depth-first search, you'd use a stack yeah. um, or you can use a recursive implementation, but essentially that's a stack, mm-hmm. um, which, is, which only differs... To a breadth-first search, in that a breadth-first search uses a standard queue, so you swap a queue for a for a stack, um, and you go from breadth-first search to, to depth-first search. So very clever, you know, yeah, very clever stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and so again, it comes back to this idea of data structures really going hand in hand with algorithms. Not yeah. only do these data structures have have really uh, efficient algorithms baked into their operations, but know they really make a difference in terms Mm. of um implementing specific algorithms as well so um so yeah graphing is a is a is a whole world in itself um you know there's some simple uh sort of fundamental um algorithms you know in the depth first search and the breadth first Mm. search but there's also you know a whole area of graphs you know talking about connected components and degrees of separation and looking at weighted graphs and um and topological sorting and connectivity and strong connectivity wow. and all sorts right. of stuff. Um, but whole yeah, subject,
0: in its own right. It, it is.
1: It mm-hmm. is absolutely yeah. Amazing. Yeah, okay. um, and the humble string has has also got um, mm-hmm. a load of interesting algorithms associated with it. So um, you know, string sorts are an area yeah. that are worthwhile looking at. Um, even things like substring searches and regular expressions, how they're implemented, yeah. obviously needs. Um, Efficient algorithms enable mm. to enable uh, to in order to 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 make regular expressions efficient. Yeah, okay. um, yeah. I
0: mean, regular expressions themselves are quite a complex thing, but to then yeah. take that and use that to search massive amounts of data and be, like you say, efficient in reading the regular expression and, and parsing it and making it work. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That has to be efficient. Yeah. And then, you know, and then obviously data compression and there's Mm -hmm. loads of algorithms, loads of different uh, data compression algorithms. Um, So, yeah. So the world of algorithms is, is vast and really interesting and certainly worthwhile reading up on if you, uh, you know, if if you, if you're interested.
0: No, absolutely. Okay. So, I mean, that's great. We've covered a lot there, I think, and we've taken about 50 minutes. So, you know, it's been a bit of a longer one than normal, but I mean, there, there's so much there and it's so interesting um, with all this stuff. And it's, there's so many little bits to learn. I mean, you know, while we were talking about this, we, we were doing a bit of research for this and, you know, I went away and had to play with some of them, not yeah. played with them for a long, long time. Um, because of course, you know, like we said, they're, they're already there. They're, they're built for you. So you can just use them. So you don't really think about it too much. And it's one of the things, you know, use it or lose it. You, you forget how these yeah. things work and you, you know, you, you don't really need to worry about it. Um, but so I, I chucked a few questions at the end of this, and you know, one of the things I was going to say to you: is, When was the last time you had to write or implement an algorithm like this from scratch? Of you know, have you had to? Um, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, you know, when I first started coding, we didn't have these libraries. You know, if I wanted to sort some data, I had to write a bubble sort, yeah. uh, which which was good at the time. You know, it made you understand it, made you do, it, which was good. But actually yeah. knowing things now, it's slow, it's not ideal. But I remember re-implementing that time and time again. So. You know, like we said, we've got these libraries already there. Have you ever written one? Do you, you know, is there a need to? Do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, not it. it, it, it it's not something I do very regularly. That's for sure. Um, it, certainly in our day to day work, and and certainly the stuff that we're working on, there's there's not much need for it at all. I mean, I, I I've recently implemented a fairly simple algorithm, not not dealing with. Um, with with vast sets of input or not needing to be super performant but um there was an area that i had to implement uh, a, an algorithm of sorts i guess uh, you know a set of set of steps uh yeah. that was around filtering um and working out ranges um for you know for for, for building building a, a filtering sort of piece of functionality um okay. which which i guess i drew on on some of um you know, some of my knowledge of this, this underlying, you know, the, these underlying data structures and algorithms, mm-hmm. but in terms of, you know, having to implement, you know, coming back to your point, having to implement last time I implemented a sort or the last time I implemented a, you know, a binary search, um, I can't remember, you know, no, um, no. Okay. But, you know, outside of, outside of learning exercises, sure. um, you know, as you say, all of this stuff's already written and, mm. and is, uh, is already there to be, to be used, which is brilliant which means we okay. don't have to we don't have to reinvent this stuff. no
0: absolutely but it's interesting you mentioned something there that when you wrote this algorithm or um set of steps to, to filter and create ranges um you you base that on your knowledge of how these other things worked and your sort of understanding of them and that was another question i wrote down here is like you know is it useful to understand these things and how they're implemented if, if you know, if you're not going to have to implement them yourself, actually, where can you apply these things? And that's a really good example then of where, actually, because I understood this and how it worked, I I haven't got a library that does exactly what I need, but I can write something that is efficient and yeah. works well. Um, and it, it's based on some existing principles that yeah. you know have been tried and tested. So yeah. that sort of answers that next one. So it gives you an insight and an understanding. Um, of how they work and you can then apply that to other things. So. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah,
1: absolutely okay. worthwhile understanding this stuff and understanding, just having an appreciation of time complexity. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're writing a particularly um, chunky piece of functionality, you know, uh, an algorithm, um, it's certainly worthwhile understanding this stuff and understanding the data structures that you've got at your disposal to, yeah. to be able to to, um, to to make it as efficient as
0: possible. Yeah, I think it's, it's something that comes up in interviews a lot. I think interview interviewers like to quiz people to sort of see if they're up on it. And I think, I think having that knowledge of, yeah, I know what big O is Um, maybe I can't recall it off the top of my head, uh, but I know that, you know, there are, there are efficient algorithms. There are inefficient algorithms. I've got to use the right, data structure, and this sort of thing. So, yeah, take away from this, hopefully, is that, yeah, it's, it's good to go away and learn these things and sort of understand it. And um, we did mention as well that there's a few places you can go and do this, things like CodeCata websites, CodeWars, yeah. and yeah. Code, yeah. Uh, stuff yeah. like that. And, you know, there's even, um, I mean, a lot of those, they've got lots and lots of programming problems, Not not all based around sort of Pure algorithms, there's some other things as well, but it's good that it does make you think about things in different ways. And you know, you've got to go and go away, learn something, understand how it works, and then apply it to these problems. So, so it's absolutely, these
1: earnest. some of these sites are really good because they will um, the, the sites these days allow you to you know write the code in the site, submit it, mm. and then the site will automatically throw input at your you know at your code, and yeah. quite often it will throw input that you don't <laughs> that you don't yeah. initially. Um, you know, prepare for and um, nowadays so can,
0: massive massive chunks of data yeah you know, exactly like you would do test it with a few things exactly so yeah.
1: they'll throw massive inputs and see mm. you know and, and some of the some of the problems expect uh you know certain performance characteristics so they're yeah. really really useful sites um to uh, to go and have a try at um yeah. Yeah. and you know see if you can see if you can code some of this stuff
0: yeah. yeah excellent excellent okay great so that sort of finishes up that and takes on to the utility of the week which I think nicely ties into all this, to be honest. Um, yeah. We checked it on there. It's a thing called benchmark.net, um, which is basically um, something you can add to your methods. Um, and it basically gives you a benchmark of the performance and the time, things like that. So you get a load of stats out of it that tell you how it's performed. So obviously, if you've got, like, like we had, if you've got different, if you go away and build different sorting algorithms, you can add benchmark.net to it and it will tell you how long it took, and yeah. sort of things like that. So, and there's a lot of people using it. I, I know, I know there's a little bit you added to this about the people that are using it. Um, it's already adopted by more than six thousand eight hundred projects, which is quite a lot. Yeah, um, yes. Yeah. It's, it's
1: not. It's not just a small side project. It's this not, is this it? Is, no, this, this is, is massive. This is the go-to um, benchmarking. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, library basically that yeah that's used by everything from you know from Roslyn the Roslyn compiler yeah, uses yeah. it you know Mono ASP.NET Core ML.NET Energy Framework Core mm-hmm. um, yeah SignalR F Sharp New Orleans Newtonsoft.json, you know all the big all the big uh, yeah.
0: libraries are using it so I like, think you can probably rely on stuff. it in, in that okay so it's probably probably a good one to go and have a look with and uh, sorry look at I mean it's something I funnily enough I haven't ever used it I've always always gone down the route of stopwatch. That's always been my benchmarking tool. But um, I do remember a guy I worked with um, showed me this quite a few years ago, and it was uh, it, it was a bit mind-blowing, to be honest, because, you know, stopwatch is literally, you know, start a stopwatch, stop a stopwatch, and yeah. work out the time difference, number of ticks or, you know, whatever you want to do with it. Whereas this benchmark.net was phenomenal. It gives you so much more information. More
1: fully featured, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So yeah.
0: Excellent stuff. Well, that's, that was really, really good. Um, thanks for that. It, it was good to go through all that, and I've learned, quite a lot and refresh quite a lot. Cause a lot of this stuff, do you know, I didn't cover it um, back in college and that. And back when I was starting to develop, these sort of things didn't come up. We just, you know, you got on and did things and yeah, um, you know, we didn't really think about this stuff, but you know, that was pre pre internet days and pre Google and pre Facebook and pre all the big data. So these things didn't really matter so much, but you know, it's interesting to see all this stuff now and you know, all the information out there and the things you can actually look at and see how it works and what they do with it. And, you know, like you said, seeing how, this is transforming things and making stuff, you know, better and, and yeah. easier for us.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it's been brilliant actually preparing for this chat because mm-hmm. it's, it's forced us both to go off and, uh, and do a bit of research and just, you yeah. know, and, and tighten up certain areas of, of understanding, hasn't it? So um, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really interesting stuff and, mm. and out, you know, I've said it a couple of times already, but I think algorithms are, are the key to, um, to progress from a technical point of view, you know, moving yeah. forward. So, um, yeah, really, really important stuff.
0: No, it's great. No, it's good. It's been really good. So, thank you very much for that. I've Really enjoyed that one. Yeah,
1: really enjoyed so, it. Yeah, thank you as well. We'll, uh, we'll talk stuff. next week.
0: Absolutely, we'll we'll pick another one and we'll uh, we'll start researching it. So, nice one to it. All right,
1: Andy. Great. Cheers for See that. See you Bye bye.